All right, it is 4.15 here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. Colin Kennedy coming up at the 5 o'clock hour from Sooners Illustrated. We've got a snack for you at 4.45, but now joining us here on the Blitz 1170 hotline from the uh, Next Round Live, which phenomenal work on every part of their live streaming that they have, part of the uh, Disrupt the Media Ownership as well. Jim Dunaway from... uh, down in the football capital of the South is joining us now here on the Blitz 1170. Jim, uh, it's not every day that you get to see a script A below the feet of Nick Saban's statue written out in Little Debbie's, is it? Uh, it is not. Uh, we've got an in-the-field reporter over there uh, who's been covering uh, since yesterday about 4 o'clock everything that showed up at that statue. And uh, it's been some amazing things, which and during our live show today, it included a pumpkin. <laughs> And we were like, why is there a pumpkin there? And they were like, oh, Saban's birthday is on Halloween. So this started to make sense. And then there was low-end beer and seltzers. And we were remembering that, oh, when we were in college, we didn't have as much money. And we drink low-end alcohol. So it's a a potpourri of uh, what looks at times like trash underneath the uh, the statue right now. But um, at times it's been a mixed feelings with, you know, you want to celebrate Nick Saban and what he's done, but in doing so, there's a lot of sadness. And at times, you know, a couple of fans and even a couple of us on air have said, you know, it sort of feels like a passing. Someone is is moving on, and and that's what that memorial sort of reminds me of. How long did it take to move past the initial level of shock, I guess? Well, I'll tell you how it went down for me. Um, We started hearing some rumblings uh, just after 2 Central that it was going to it looked like it was going to happen. And so I'm old. I've been doing this a long, long time. I actually used to host the Nick Saban show back in the day. And so I started calling friends who were in the football building. And they were like, Jim, I appreciate your sourcing, but I'm telling you, I just got out of a meeting. We're, we're hiring a wide receiver coach, and we were, we were, we were taking meetings today. And coach was on the SEC calls this morning uh, with the other SEC coaches. Um, the guy's in here working. He's working. This this is not happening. And so this team meeting at 4 o'clock, which was delayed a day, um, started at 4 o'clock. And at 4.03, one of the guys I had been talking to is in that meeting. And he went, holy bleep, he just retired. And then Chris Lowe sends it out at 4.05, 4.06. And I just, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not a journalist. I'm an entertainer. But even though my guy was in that meeting, I still wanted to make sure that he wasn't, you know, joking or misheard or something. So I sent back, <laughs> hey, are, you're not kidding me, are you? And before he could reply back to me, Chris had already sent it out. Um, and then, you know, we sent our, our notice out at about 4.08. And, and from that point forward, we were on the air. And we were on the air for about four hours and 45 minutes. Um, actually, our two youngest employees, we've got 13 employees up here, our two youngest employees, uh, Taylor and, and Emily Grace. Emily Grace said, I'm going to drive to Tuscaloosa anyway, uh, even though everyone's saying it's not happening, just in case. I've got nothing else to do. So she left at 3. She was over there at 4. She actually got the players leaving the meeting. Nobody would talk, da 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 And then Taylor, who's our social media director, Taylor Korn, she's like, I'm staying until at least through this meeting. So everybody's still here, amazingly, uh, on something that wasn't going to happen. And then at 4.04, it happened. So we're sitting there. Let's go live. So we went live all the way till about 945 last night. And doing that, and you guys are in the business, you know that you, you sit there and you're doing your job, and, and it's sort of a live stream of thought. And 
uh, it was a roller coaster. I mean, I teared up a few times because in 2007 when he got here, uh, I had been doing the show with Dennis Franchoni and Mike Shula, and they wanted someone else to do the show in 2007. So I was out. Well, in 2008, I was back doing the show, and I was I was there in 08, 09, 10. I was there for the beginning and all the success. And I just think of friends and family and all the great Saturdays we've had all across the country in stadiums, and it became a little emotional. From 2007 to 2023, there's been no better place to be on a football Saturday than on the road with the tide. It's been a ride, and it, it was, you know, thank you, Nick Saban, but then it was a little sad that you knew it was over. Okay, so you talked a little bit, Jim, about the level of awkwardness that is, okay, we're, we're sad, but yet there's also a job to be done here as well, and no one knows that better than Nick. But how do you, over the next several weeks, and you, you might not even have an answer to this, how do you, in this level of college football and the time frame that we're in where the clock ticking matters now more than ever before, how do you go about celebrating – an incredible, a phenomenal run that might not ever be duplicated again while also taking that next step to continue to get back to business without stepping on whoever's in their next's toes. Well, we, we handled it like this last night. We will spend the rest of our lives on the planet talking about Nick Saban's accomplishments, just like they do any of the great the Lombardis of the NFL, the Shulas, right? You still talk about those guys. We will do that. You know, on great summer afternoons, you guys know this, when you're coming up with a topic, we'll go back and do, who were Nick Saban's five best quarterbacks? <laughs> uh, who were the best teams in the state? I mean, we will honor Nick Saban forever. But in this day and era, with the NIL, with the open portal, everybody on that Alabama roster that was in the Rose Bowl has 30 days that they can transfer. Every one of them. Caleb Downs, National Freshman of the Year, can go anywhere he wants to for the next 30 days. Jalen Milrow, Heisman betting odds favorite, or one of them, can go anywhere he wants to. The whole roster could leave. And so it becomes urgent that Alabama gets a new coach in there quickly, somebody to say, hey, uh, guys, it's going to be business as usual. We're going to win football games here, and we're going to put people in the NFL. So you're right. It's a, it, it's a nuance. Nobody knows it better than Nick Saban. And I know you guys have seen the video from this morning. Nick Saban, 7 a.m., just like he has since 2007, rolled into the football complex. Uh, his man, right-hand man, Cedric, gets his bag out of the back like he does every morning, and they walked in and went to work today. Even though he's retired, he's there helping with the transition. Uh, so he knows that it's very important that it happens quickly. Hearing so much about his attention to detail, I made the point yesterday, it wouldn't surprise me if Nick Saban had already – in some way maybe helped Alabama pick a successor, and maybe this would be a very fast process. Uh, so f for them to have to even go through this search to me is a, a little bit wild, and, and, and the timing of it and, and maybe the Ducks not necessarily being in a row. Um, how, did, how, did, how do you interpret, I guess, Nick being involved in the search and or you know, the length of this search? Well, you know, one thing is it's a blessing to have the coaching tree that Nick Saban has. Um, some that are head coaches, some that are great coordinators and assistants, some that are in the NFL, some that are in college. Uh, the curse of that is, and I think you guys experienced maybe a little bit with Bob Stoops and you know any of the, the great coaches you see, is that you don't want to favor one over the other, right? You don't want to publicly come out and say, I endorse this guy. And then you've got 40 other guys out there going or 50 other guys out there going, well, coach, what about me? 
you know, why'd you pick this guy, not me? So I don't think publicly he will endorse anyone. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a sounding board for Greg Byrne, who I think he told at 2 o'clock Central yesterday. And then he told the staff and the team at 4. So they kept it under wraps. He worked up until the moment. I'm told he, you know, as, you, as, as I said, he was taking meetings and interviewing people. And he put his pen down after writing something on the desk at 3.50. And he walked down the hallway to the meeting room, walked in, and told, told the organization that he was retiring and gave him a quick reason why. It was a very short, short speech, and he left. He will be a sounding board, but he will not meddle because Nick Saban, uh, the reason he was successful at Alabama when no one else since Bear Bryant was, is because they kept the boosters who always want to have an opinion and a voice and everyone else out of the way. Nick Saban was so focused and he was allowed to do his job, and he's not going to be a shadow or a meddler with the next guy. So he'll help, but I don't think he will actually name the next guy. Jim Dunaway is our guest here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, you can check out some of the great work they do with uh, the next round. I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. Uh, and Jim, props to you and every one of, of your staff for what you've been able to turn the next round into and watching it evolve here over the last couple of years. It's uh, highly entertaining and uh, educational as well. What are we hearing right now? What are you guys hearing as far as with Dan Lanning dropping the Twitter video earlier uh, say what you want about Norvell and whatever tweet and whatever implication that that might have had. But as of now, at about 4.30 on this Thursday, what are you hearing in terms of job-related news for the next hire? Um, you know, you never know who the first choice is, or you usually just know who the last one is, right? Like, you can go back to even the Nick Saban search. There was a Rich Rod, Rich Rodriguez moment that it looked like it was his job to take or not take, and then uh, Mal Moore became focused on Nick Saban, who had to wait out an NFL season. You don't have that kind of time this time. Do I think Dan Lanning was the number one choice at some point? It's a perfect fit. He comes from the family, right? He's a graduate assistant in Tuscaloosa with Nick and Kirby Smart. He goes with Kirby and rises up from the GA and rises up to be defensive coordinator and helps win a national championship, and then he's off to Oregon and he's building his own way. The problem when you've got a job like Oregon, first off, good job. Second part is you've got a lot of NIL money with Phil Knight and Nike. But you also just signed a wonderful contract that would cost you $20 million uh, for the other school to pay to get you out of that. Now, Alabama can handle that money. What became a problem, according to sources, is a service contract that also on top of that that Dan Lanning has with Nike. And that becomes something that he could not or they could not, I don't think, get out of. So you have to move on from landing at that point. So where do you go next? Now, we started hearing in the middle of the season that Mike Norbell, and this was before they ended up 13-0 and and ended up you know, being left out of the college football playoffs in place of Nick Saban in Alabama. So before all that drama, Mike Norbell was a name that we were told by people you know, close to the program Keep an eye on whenever Nick Saban retires, Mike Norvell will be a very popular name with a lot of people. But along the way, I believe Kalen DeBoer mm. has impressed a lot of people. And if I was sitting here today, and I don't know where the live betting are odds, we have a big uh, gambling sponsor, mybookie.ag, and they are, are they're giving us updates all the time. But I don't know where it is right now. But Kalen DeBoer um, would be, in Jim Dunaway's opinion, the guy to watch right now. And then Mike Norvell would be number two. That's 
in my opinion, no real sourcing there. And I would say this, Mike Norvell, Dan Lanning, they've got good jobs because they're going to the Big Ten, like Oklahoma and Texas. They're going to safe ground in the SEC. If you're in the Big Ten and the SEC, you're not in desperate times. But if you're coaching in the Big 12 or the ACC moving forward, you're not really on secure ground. Your, your program may be a good program, but its foundation's in sand until you get to the power conferences, Big Ten or the SEC. And until then, any coach, any coach that can get to the SEC in a Big Ten in a good program probably would be smart to leave. So that's why Mike Norvell, if they ever get to the point with Mike Norvell, no matter what he has tweeted, if they ever go and ask Mike Norvell, I think he would be a yes. But I don't know if Mike Norvell, if they will get down to asking Mike Norvell. If they do, I would expect him to be a yes, and then we'll see how the Bama fans react. You uh, you mentioned the odds. I have FanDuel pulled up, and they have Mike Norvell at plus 200, followed by Dabo Swinney at plus 300. Um, <laughs> what, 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 where do you put the odds of Dabo being the guy? Um, I will tell you this. Um, there was a time early on that Dabo Swinney was doing such a great job that um, I think a lot of Alabama fans would have been very comfortable with that. Um, and not that Dabo started doing a bad job. I mean, you had no, what, Al, what Nick Saban to be a contender, eight of the ten playoffs, six national championships, that's unheard of. But Dabo's won two. Um, the problem along the way is who did Dabo beat to win those two national championships? He beat Alabama in both of those in one great contest and then a you know, butt whooping out in Santa Clara. And then Alabama beat Dabo in one of those national championships. And Alabama beat Dabo in the semifinals. So there was a four-year span that there was a lot of Alabama and Clemson. And along the way, you can step on some toes. So I don't think Dabo Sweeney, who is a friend of mine and a beloved, you know, native Alabamian. But along the way, I think the fan base decided, you know what? I don't want that guy to be my next head coach. Not saying he won't be. Not saying he would not be a great head coach. I think there's still some good football left in Dabo Sweeney in the future. But he has been very, very stern about not loving the NIL, not loving the transfer portal. He's even more old school, it seems, than Nick Saban is, who's a lot older than him. Nick Saban changed at every turn since he got to Tuscaloosa, even embracing the NIL and the portal at the end. But he changed his offense, his defense. He changed everything to stay relevant. Dabo's been reluctant to do that. He's about to start having to do that. And I think along the way, being so stuck in the way he would love to do it and in this way he believes college football should be, I think he fell out of favor with the Alabama fans. Okay, last one for me, Jim, and thank you for all of your time, is this. Um, you did not bring up, and we haven't heard Sark's name in this. Sark's job, Sark's job at Texas, I mean, you, you don't really have to speak to it. Everyone kind of understands that. But my question is more geared towards those that have at least hinted around at some point in time with the love that Saban and Miss Terry had for Sark and how much that Sark has openly talked about his time at Alabama. Is there any truth to the Saban thought that he would be handing the keys over to Sark at some point in time before he took the Texas job? I've heard people that have worked in that area mention this. I heard Joel Klatt kind of hint around at it yesterday in an interview I was listening to. How much truth is there to that rumor? And is the job at Texas now speak for itself? Why would he jump from there to go to Bama? Well, I would tell you, first off, um, I love Sark. I think he is the best play caller 
uh, in college football right now. He designs unbelievable plays in that 2020 national championship team that for some reason a lot of America will not give Alabama a ton of credit for because it was the pandemic year and the road games were in half stadiums and all of that. But that was an unbelievable offense. And you had unbelievable talent at wide receiver from Devontae Smith on down. But you go back and watch those plays, some of those against Ohio State. And Sark was the first one running some of those motions, you know, one way and then back the other way, out of the backfield passes. It just was the design he had all year for those unbelievable receivers with Mac Jones at quarterback was just artistic to watch. It's just an amazing thing to watch him call plays. So I love him as a play caller. You're 100% right. I think there was a point after that season that if Sarkeesian was still around, this would have been a very quick move. But then Texas happened, and you can't say no to Texas. And I don't think you can leave Texas either because in this world, as great as University of Alabama is, it doesn't have an endless amount of oil money in the NIL world. We're a relatively you know, low population state. We have a lot of great businesses, and Alabama's got millionaires to feed their booster run, and they always have. But they don't have Texas money. And if you don't have to follow a legend, if you could stay where you are and have great NIL money, then why would you leave? If you tell me they announced Steve Sarkeesian tonight at 7 o'clock, I would jump for joy if I'm an Alabama fan. That would be amazing. Uh, I just don't think you leave Texas to come to Alabama, mainly because of the NIL and the fact that Texas now is an SEC school. If they were staying in the Big 12 and we've done all this expansion and somehow Texas, which would never happen, if somehow Texas and Oklahoma had been left out, then I would have been like, yeah, you've got to go to the better conferences, which are the SEC Big Ten moving forward, the two super conferences. I don't know about the future of the Big 12 and the ACC yet. I love the Big 12 help right now more than I do the ACC. But I don't know about the future. I know I want to be in the SEC and the Big Ten, and Texas is coming to the SEC, so I don't know why he'd leave one SEC job for another unless he somehow, you know, made a blood oath to Nick Saban back in the day, hey, I'll come back when you leave. Jim, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Short notice for jumping on with us here and giving us a little bit more clarity. Uh, Back to it until a a new coach is hired, and I know that's not even the end of the work at that point as well, but thank you so much for all of your time here in Oklahoma. Hey, thank you guys, and I'm sorry I should have mentioned FanDuel instead. That's not me. That was a rookie mistake. And number two, uh, Tulsa, I heard Tulsa, uh, the yes. Oilers, was that? The that is Tulsa correct. Oilers? Yes. Birmingham full season ticket holder back in the CHL ah. days. We played the Tulsa Oilers. Very, yeah, very nice. Well, yeah, it, so. and if Norvell ends up being the guy, former Tulsa wide receivers coach Mike Norvell as well. So there's another tie <laughs> if Norvell ends up getting into that mix. Jim, thanks again, man. Hey, we, we really appreciate it. We've got him, man. We got that uh, team picture ready to go from his uh, great hair days. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Thanks again, buddy. <laughs> that is Jim Dunaway, who's joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Again, check out uh, the next round. It's uh, on Twitter at the next round live. Also, Jim is on Twitter as well at Jim Dunaway. Uh, and if you haven't watched any of their live streaming, what they've done is essentially they've taken the radio version of a radio show with multiple members and have gone straight um, social platforms, streaming, uh, you name it, they have it. And they've really built themselves into a pretty big empire there at next round. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. It's 435 here on the Blitz 1170 because we're streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.